we have to get this guy. This was this guy was selling nine, ten year old kids. He has to go down. He has to come to the party. He has to come to the sting so we can take him down. So I went back out into the dark area and I'm talking around and asking some people and 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 all of a sudden out of the blue, ten officers, full automatic weapons on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. We're like, crap, you know. Now we're getting handcuffed. Now I would rather spend three days in an international prison than to lose those 48 kids, right? We don't want to blow our cover too soon. We're trying to figure out, are these good cops or bad cops? They, they pick us up and they put us in the back of a police pickup truck. You know, those ones that they got the benches on the side, those guys are holding their guns and, uh, yeah. and they're, we're laying there on the ground and, and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to take us to the, the jail. The, uh, the federal officers, they've got a, a tracker on my phone. They're going to see that we're there. They're going to come and say, hey, there's a federal case. They'll get us out. We're, we're going to be fine. Well, they don't take us to the jail. They start taking us out of the city into the desert. Okay, this is where, this is wow. where bad things happen. Super bad. Now, yeah. at this point, yeah, I'm scared for our lives. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. <laughs> Paul, you're a husband, you're an entrepreneur, you're the founder of Child Liberation Foundation. You've personally been on the ground and rescued children from sex trafficking. Your story is part of the movie Sound of Freedom and so much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Excited to be on your show. I like to kick things off by going back a bit. Like, where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? I grew up in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. I um, had a beautiful, beautiful life, had four sisters. They, uh, they're all younger than me. I loved them to death and and uh, had a, had a, um, had, I just visited with him today next door because I'm here at my parents' house uh, doing this recording. I had a, a special needs, a, a handicapped boy that was about eight years older than me that was my best friend when I was three years old and four years old, five, six, seven years old because, you know, mentally we were about the same at the time and, sure. and uh, just learned how to love from the heart and see the world from that degree of innocence. Come on. That is, that is beautiful, man. Uh, I want to get right into it because I know that there's a lot to unpack here, but uh, you're the founder of Child Liberation Foundation. For those who don't know, what is Child Liberation Foundation and, and how can folks support you in this? So Child Liberation Foundation was originally put together, focused on solely eradicating child trafficking. It, uh, it helped fund a lot of the undercover rescue missions that I was on and some of the other operators. Uh, you could go to liberateachild.org or liberatechildren.org and find some more information on the Child Liberation Foundation. We've expanded it over the last few months to not only focus on the rescue uh, of the children, but on the rehabilitation of the reuniting of their families, of the healing as a whole in this fight against child trafficking because i believe that the solution is more than just a bunch of of navy seals going in and rescuing these kids the solution is figuring out how to heal people who have dealt with these challenges as a child before they ever get to the point where they can pass on that trauma oh man that's so important so important what are the latest statistics on human and sex trafficking and forced child labor i i'll, I'll tell you this eric there's more today now, I'm not talking about just 
children being abused at home, which is horrible. I'm talking sold human beings. There's more today than all 300 years of the transatlantic slave trade put together. There's people think that slavery dis disappeared at the time of Abraham Lincoln. It's bigger and more prolific today than ever. And, uh, the, uh, the movie, The Sound of Freedom, there's one line in there in which Jim Caviezel says there's over 2 million children a year that are being sucked into the deepest recesses of hell. That's just new children that are being brought into this. There's an estimated somewhere between 8 to 10 million children in child sex slavery today. And that doesn't include the hundreds of millions that are in, in that are underage workers in, in other countries and whatnot. So this is, again, this is sold human beings. It's a, it's a serious problem and good people don't even know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. it's, wow. it's surpassed the illegal arms trade as the, as the most profitable criminal enterprise in the world. And it's soon going to surpass the drug trade. It's now the second most profitable. And wow. in fact, human trafficking last year netted more profit than all of the airlines of the world combined. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's wow. a big problem, but it's a dark subject. Yeah. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And the, uh, uh, the, the rescue and rehabilitation and reuniting of these children with their families is a beautiful light. But even more beautiful than that are the progress that we're making in helping people heal their own childhood trauma and whatnot before they ever pass that trauma on to somebody else. Hmm. That's going to save millions of children. Yeah. Now, I, I know you've gone on a lot of missions, and I heard you talk about some of the missions uh, when, I was at, when I met you at uh, Prosperity Camp with Greg Reed a few years back there. I know that every mission impacts you in some way and you can go as deep as you want or stay as high level as you want. But I'm just curious, like of all the missions you've been on, which one really stood out to you as being kind of that scariest moment for you? And how did that impact you? Well, scariest moment was, uh, there's two or three of them that were pretty, pretty sketchy. And, uh, one was when we were arrested for real by some police police officers in this country, we didn't know if they were good or bad. We didn't know if we, we, when we go into a country, the president knows we're there. The head of the federal police knows that we're there, but very seldom do we let anybody else know because we don't know who's in on it. We don't know who's on the, the payroll of, of the, the traffickers, et cetera. So we had gone into this country. I had been there personally, uh, four times in one city, followed the leads over eight different times in this new city, found 48 children. And we wow. were just a few days away from, from the, the sting. I, I didn't trust any of the local police officers. So we flew two federal officers from, from, uh, from another city that we trusted. They were helping us set up the sting. I called all the traffickers. And there was one I couldn't get a hold of. Him. And, and super bad man. He was selling eight, nine-year-old kids. And I, I, it went right to his voicemail. And I told the federal agents, I said, listen, we have to get this guy. This, was, this guy was selling nine, 10-year-old kids. He has to go down. He has to come to the party. He has to come to the sting so we can take him down. So I went back out into the dark area. And I'm talking around and asking some people. And, 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 and all of a sudden, out of the blue, 10 officers, full automatic weapons, on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. We're like, crap. You know, now we're getting handcuffed. Now I would rather spend three days in an international prison than to lose those 48 kids, right? We don't want to blow our cover too soon. We're trying to figure out, are these good cops or bad cops? They, they pick us up and they put us in the back of a police pickup truck. You know, those ones that got the benches on the side, those guys are holding their guns and, uh, yeah. and they're, we're laying there on the ground and, and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to take us to the, the jail. 
the uh, the federal officers. They've got a, a tracker on my phone. They're going to see that we're there. They're going to come and say, hey, there's a federal case. They'll get us out. We're, we're going to be fine. Well, they don't take us to the jail. They start taking us out of the city into the desert. Okay. This is where, this is wow. where bad things happen. Super bad. Now, yeah. at this point, yeah, I'm scared for our lives. I'm actually scared for the police as well. And here's why. Have you ever heard of Krav Maga? So, yeah. so regular martial arts, you know, karate and others, like uh, they're, they're good. Bow to your sensei, three points when you kick him in the leg. Krav is brick to their head, go home to your family. It's, it's Israeli special forces, hand-to-hand combat training. It's the most lethal on earth. And every move, they don't breathe, they don't see, they don't walk, they don't, you know, it's, it's boom. And my trainer for a very long time is named Joseph. And Joseph was one of my undercover operators on this mission with us. Joseph had had three tequilas at dinner that night, and he was a little bit tipsy. So when the cops threw us on the ground and we're getting handcuffed really hard, he's laying next to me. He turns his head and he goes, I'm going to effing kill him. I'm like, bro, you can't kill him. <laughs> you know, we don't yeah. know they're good cops. He goes, no. They're <laughs> and then when they throw us in the black back of the pickup truck and they start going out of the city, he's getting more angry. He's like, oh, there we go. I said, well, just shut up. Just shut up. This is dangerous, right? And then finally they pull out and they're getting out of the cars. They have their guns out. They have their batons out. And one of them asked me, he says, you've been asking for, he says the name of this trafficker. And I said, yeah. He said, I arrested him myself for selling children and you're going to be with him, but you're going to tell me everything. He's got his baton out and stopping. Joseph's going, oh, it's going down. I said, bro, they're good cops, right? Because this told me he was a good police officer because he had just arrested one of the traffickers. I said, I'm really happy you said that. Now I can tell you who we really are. I got, I got two federal officers at my hotel room. He goes, BS. You know, I said, no, give me my phone. We'll call him right now. He says, no, you're not getting your phone. You're telling me everything. I finally, I said, listen, guys, before anything, I'm handcuffed, right? Super hard. I said, before anything happens, I had an undercover, in my undercover pants, I had a secret part pocket. I said, somebody needs to fold that thing back and pull out that. There's a card in there. It was signed by the head of the federal police. It had my picture on there and, and, and it was laminated. Basically, it said in Spanish, if they didn't give me their guns and their cars, they could go to jail. He takes it to the head of the police in front. He comes out. They're all shaking. They unhandcuffed us faster than we were handcuffed. All 10 of them, lo siento, lo siento, we're so sorry, we're so sorry. I said, no, this is how you should treat people who are buying children in your country. But mm. here's the deal. I don't know who to trust. So if anybody says anything that I just showed you that card, your entire department's under investigation. Do you understand? Now, this is all in Spanish. I had a translator there who's working with us. But four yeah. days later, largest child rescue mission in that country's history was 48 children. Wow. So, yeah, that was, that was super scary. Yeah, gosh. And even gosh i can't imagine being in that position it, on the flip side of that was there a mission that you went on that had the biggest impact for you that wasn't as scary but the most kind of like satisfying and maybe that was the same mission no no there's there's so many so many i i will say that the most impactful was the very first one the one that the sound of freedom movie is 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 made out of um mm. in the sound of freedom movie that's coming out july 4th um it starts out with a, the story of, of a Homeland Security agent who leaves his job. And we, we took two or three different stories and merged them all together into one storyline. But, but uh, he had found some children in Cartagena, Colombia, and needed some money to, to help rescue him. He had this plan. He thought there was only 20 children, found out that there was more than 50 in Cartagena, more than 100 children in the surrounding areas. He had this plan to rescue all of those children on the same day at the same time. And, wow. But his plan required... Here's what had happened. One of the traffickers had a piece of property he wanted to develop into a child brothel, sex resort, something like a Jeffrey Epstein Island. He needed $8 million to build this out. And, and so 
Tim had this idea, hey, what if, what if I, he was talking to this traffickers, what if I bring you somebody that can fund that, that can build it all out? He said, if I bring you that guy, would you be willing to show him that you can be successful at it by having a party for him and his buddies in a couple weeks? And this party, you're going to bring 50 to 100 children to this party. And, and so then he calls me up and he said, Paul, he said, I think we can rescue over a hundred children on the same day at the same time, but I need your help in a big way. And I, I said, well, how much do you need? He said, I need you. Can you be in Colombia in two days? And he told me this plan. And two days later, I'm face to face with the most evil people. And, and the, the child that changed my life was one that one of the traffickers showed me on his phone. In the movie, we, we, we call her Rocio. You know, she, the, the trafficker called her princess, right? And he says, this is princess. She's only 11. And, and he started telling me about these horrible things. She was being sold as a virgin. And during the operation, they brought out these little kids, these virgins, this little 11-year-old boy that they had given cocaine to and these other girls. And this little girl standing in front of me with her, her makeup was smeared because she had been crying scared to death and her hands are shaking. I could feel her energy. And she, she was looking at me like I was the man who was going to defile her. And she was so scared. And, and Eric, I made a commitment to myself, to God and to that little girl at that moment that I would do everything in my power to eradicate that evil from the face of the earth. There was nothing worse than I could think of than selling this child to a stranger unbelievable, unbelievable that this was even happening. When I found out that it was so prolific, the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, I said, you know what? I've spent my whole life making rich people richer. It's time to make a difference. It's time to mm -hmm. really make a difference. And so that's when I, I said, what can I do? How can I help? And the, 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 uh, the, um, uh, one of the guys that was there, he said, Paul, he said, he said, let me tell you this. He said, I can't teach my Navy SEALs how to wear a $4,000 suit and a $50,000 watch and negotiate a multi-million dollar deal. He said, I don't know of any ultra successful business owners who have had the training that you've had. He said, if you're willing to be the bait, I'll change your whole life. Wow. And that was the beginning. I, I've now been a part, a key part of or led over 70 undercover rescue missions in 15 countries and, and has been truly transformational to my life, to the lives of those children, to the lives of my operators, really, really good men and women willing to risk mm -hmm. their lives to bring these kids home. Wow. I, that, I can't wait for this movie to come out and, and kind of hear and see this story. You know, sometimes movies kind of fib the, the truth there with this movie. How realistic is the movie to the real life missions you were going on? It is very real. I will say this. There's a lot of unsung heroes mm -hmm. that were part of those missions that we had to take a lot of different roles and a lot of different people and put them all into just a few characters to make the movie happen. So yeah. every bad guy is a real bad guy. Every, every operation we, we took a number of different operations and put them together in that, in that one film, you know, in real life, that little girl that he showed me on that, that phone that was standing in front of me there, she, she was there at the rescue. In the movie, she, she wasn't there at the rescue. They, they wanted to, to push it out and bring some other stories in and, mm -hmm. and have this jungle scene and some other things. Those happened in, in some different areas. At the sure. time that we were filming, we, we told them some stories that we did in Haiti. I actually went in and to Haiti um, 
posing as a doctor. I've got I've got pictures of me and my scrubs, and we we went into this super dangerous area between the the border between Haiti and Dominican Republic, where these these traffickers had a bunch of the children that were milling their drugs and growing some things in there, etc. So and and some really good operators. One. One that was there with me was named, named uh, Jim Petote. I'm probably messing his last name. He was from Haiti. Amazing operator. Jim Jim passed away about five and a half years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. We believe that foul play was involved because we were at some very, very high level people in the government that was being taken down at the time. Some corrupt judges that let the traffickers out, etc. It's a dangerous world. We had one of our operators got stabbed 27 times in Dominican Republic. Um, so he, wow. he ended up living, you know, but, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a dangerous world, but yeah, on that very first rescue, my, my business partner called me and he said, Paul, he said, have, have you thought through this? He said, this is, mm. this is really dangerous what you're doing. And I, and I said, John, I said, he, and he said, Paul, you're set. You could sell out today, buy an Island, be, buy a yacht, be happy the rest of your life. And I said, John, would I really be happy? If I bought a yacht, if I bought a jet, if I bought an island, would, would that make me happy? I said, tell me this. If I was doing something else dangerous, if I was climbing Everest tomorrow, you and I would have the same conversation. He goes, yeah, we, we probably would. I said, and, and uh, when I'm 95 years old and I'm looking back on my life and I say, I climbed this mountain and I built this multi, helped build this multi-billion dollar company and I, and I helped rescue this many children from slavery, which one matters? at all yeah wow and i recently saw a post that you talked about uh, where you you said sexual violence just doesn't happen to to women and and children right like men experiences too and you talked about this number of men that actually experience sexual violence that the number blew my mind can you deep dive into that a little bit yeah so as i was the reason i decided to go public eric after 10 years of undercover work, with my goal in the beginning being to eradicate this problem, and I looked at the numbers at the end of last year and realized there's more children being sold today than there was 10 years ago, I thought, Paul, you're not doing a very good job if that's what your goal is. So I took a step back and I realized that, yes, it's important to rescue these kids. Yes, it's important to pull these pedophiles out. However, if you're not doing enough to fix the demand side, every single time you pull 20 children out of hell, Another 20 will get sucked back in because there's still a demand there. And so I thought, okay, where's the demand coming from? And, and for a long time, I thought, okay, it's a pornography. You know, people are addicted to hardcore pornography. You know, it's real gross stuff and they need something harder to have that same fix. And for some of them, harder is more rape videos and horrible stuff. Other guys, it's a little bit younger, a little bit younger. Pretty soon they're fantasizing about things they wouldn't have attract, thought was attractive five years ago. I've come to an understanding that even that is a symptom of a much deeper problem. So I started doing some research and trying to understand where the mindset was. And I I came to an understanding of this. Yes, 10 million children being sold for sex is a huge number, but it's tiny compared to the real numbers. The real numbers is this, over a billion women, one in every four women on this planet have been a victim of sexual violence as a child, as a child. Now, for men, it's a smaller number. It's about 20% of all men at some time in their life. But of those 20%, that 800 million men, somewhere around 25% of them, 200 million men, it was under the age of 10 years old, most of them in their own homes. So here's what's happening is two-thirds of people who experience child sexual abuse in some way, two-thirds of them 
are, God bless them, they work through it. They become good husbands, good fathers. They're able to, to shed that trauma and, and not let it affect other people. However, one-third of victims of child sexual abuse become contact offenders in some way, in verbal mm -hmm. abuse, in physical abuse, in sexual abuse. And when that happens, when they cross that line of, of, of sexually abusing a child, when they've crossed that line, then it, 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 it becomes consuming where it's not just one victim. It's five, it's 10, it's 20, it's 100. It's as much as 150 victims from one wow. person that crosses that line. So I, so I took a step back and because of the fact that that when I'm there undercover and I'm looking at these traffickers, they're going to jail. I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure they never, ever hurt another child again. However, more than anything, I wish that I had a time machine and I could go back a year or five years or 10 years before they ever pass their trauma on to somebody else. What if? What if we could give them the help that they need to shed their own childhood trauma, to become a good husband, good father, good mother, whatever it is, before they ever pass? What if we could do that? Well, we don't have time machines, but, but the world is going on. And 10 years from now, there are people today that are adolescents, that are young adults, that are dealing with all kinds of shit from their childhood that, that someday are going to pass that trauma on, what if we could have them? What if we could have some compassion and help them overcome their challenges? That's what my focus is in liberating humanity. We do that, we save millions of children before they're ever traumatized in the first place, not only in Colombia and Honduras and Ecuador, but in your own homes. You wow. look up and down the street outside your front door, one out of every four of those doors is a dangerous place for children. We need to fix that problem. And yeah. in doing so, we'll fix the child trafficking problem. That is huge. Um, man, I, I know that a, a lot of people go through struggles and trauma, and, and I've had to deal with my own childhood trauma. And at times, even at 43 years old, it tends to creep up on me, and I still kind of like deal with that sometimes. But like, what's that starting point for someone that just needs to help get past those wounds and past the trauma? Number one is admitting that it's there. The average mm -hmm. age of somebody who verbally comes out and says, I was abused as a child, the average age is 52 years old. That's my wow. age. My children mm -hmm. are grown. I've got grandchildren, right? So, so people have lived their most of their adult life dealing with this stuff, wondering why anxiety comes up and PTSD and depression issues or low self-esteem. And they're just dealing with this stuff, anger issues all the time. And, and, and if they can get calm, get to a place of deep meditation, I believe that step one is this. I truly believe that step one for healing humanity comes with a, with a recognition of, of, I'm going to call it an expansion of spirituality. And in, in, in the Alcoholics Anonymous program, one of the most vital parts about that is admitting that there is a God, that I'm powerless to overcome this on my own, but with, with the divine power of, of God, I can overcome all things. That mm -hmm. is so important. And unfortunately, we as a society are, are pulling away from that source of, of, of divinity within us. We're pulling away from that, that listening to that still small voice of truth. In fact, I have a book that'll be coming out. I have a book that's gonna be talking about the undercover rescues, but one on close on its heels is called, Are You Listening? Not are you listening with my hand on my ear, but are you listening with my hand on my heart? 
because every single rescue mission, I wasn't following logic and protocol. I was listening. I was being led. I was being guided to places that would keep us safe. I was being guided to where those children were being held every single time. And I've used that ability, that intuition, that, that ability to feel and recognize that spirit of truth. I've used that to guide me on the right partners and business to expand, to create this world of abundance that, I, that I'm blessed with. All of these things can, can come from learning to listen and from controlling your, your, your thought processes. So, so, and we can, we can talk about that. I'm going to, my next book after that is, is going to be talking about the power of manifestation and realizing that it's not just the, uh, uh, the, the law of attraction. It's the law of creation where our, our actions, our words, and even our thoughts are creating this beautiful or horrendous pathway in front of us. And so by learning to listen from the heart, by guiding our lives in a place that we're connected with, with a higher power, then that is the first step to healing and to shedding all of that stuff that doesn't belong to us anymore. The, the key in the word forgiveness, forgiving yourself for all the stupid things that weren't in alignment with who you are today, completely forgiving, forgetting that, and letting go of that negative energy of blame for anybody else. They were in their own trauma. Yes, that was a horrible thing they did. But allowing them to traumatize you for the rest of your life is your decision, right? Come on. And so yeah. figuring out how to not define you by what happened in the past or to your choices of the past or other people's choices in the past, releasing that and coming to a place of, of deep meditation, of prayer, of, of appreciation, of gratitude and of forgiveness is, is the first step in healing. Wow. Man, that is super powerful right there. Unbelievable. Paul, thank you so much for jumping on here and sharing your story. I'm excited for the movie. I'm excited for this new book, couple new books coming out for you here. And uh, man, what you are doing today is changing so many lives. And I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for being a world changer, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Eric. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.